You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line today we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Welcome back, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. Good to be here. So, Eric, a number of things. We haven't spoken to a few weeks. Over the couple of weeks, we've spoken to John Embry. We've spoken to Rick Rule. Uh, last week, we even spoke to, uh, to Fred Hickey, actually. So, we've been having some really good conversations. Let's firstly, let's take a look at what's happening with the economy. We can see there's been some, again, some more Labor Department data being released saying that they've added 223,000 jobs in June, although the unemployment rate ticked down to 5.3 last month from 5.5 in June. So as we've been speaking to guests over the last few weeks on the wrap-up, Eric, everyone seems to concur that these numbers are not the real McCoy. What are your thoughts in terms of what we're seeing in the economy right now, Eric? Well, Jeff, as you know, I've never been a believer that there's any recovery to speak of. Uh, They've sort of of held it together with band-aids in the sense of zero interest rate, minimal down down payment for houses and almost nothing for cars and you know they've been able to keep it alive by these monetary policies which obviously are are going to cause great problems down the line because all these people that have taken on this debt really can't afford to hold on to the debt and i think the jobs numbers for june point out exactly what's happening here the brief analysis i've seen on it suggests that we actually have six hundred thousand people from the labor force in the month of june that's a lot of people we also saw that the average wage did not go up uh, the average hourly wage and of course the reason it doesn't go up is that you lose good jobs that pay high uh, dollars per hour such as the energy business and you pick up lousy jobs and part-time jobs which pay de minimis per hour and the net result of it is all of the wage increases aren't there net, net, net for the whole labor force, even though it's a shrinking labor force and the participation rate hit a new low again, which is shocking. So I think people have to look through these jobs and numbers. They were awful. I think the full-time jobs, as I, I thought I saw that they were down by 600 and the part-time jobs were up by, I don't know, something like 160,000 or something. So it, it's the same thing that you, you can see has been going on for a long time, that the quality of uh, labor pay is weakening, uh, that the number of people in the workforce is weakening. I mean, you can't drop 600,000 people from the labor force and expect the economy to be strong. It just doesn't work that way. So I think the things have been very weak. We had lousy car sales for the month of June. I'm reading data that suggests that loan to value to buy a used car, they're lending 137 cents on the dollar. It's just ridiculous. So uh, same old, same old, except the numbers, I think, confirm, and no matter how they want to spin it, on the financial news and or the other media that we have some kind of recovery. There's absolutely no recovery going on. In fact, we're having the opposite of recovery. We're having a a recession that we're in right now. So switching over to another country that's been taking quite a hit in their economy, China. Um, If we look and see what's been happening over there, China's stocks have tumbled more than 10% this week and after dropped nearly 30% since mid-June. Now the China Securities Regulatory Commission has set up a team to look at clues of illegal manipulation across the markets. So imagine that, Eric. All this time we're talking about manipulation within the precious metals market and then we have China looking into manipulation within the stock market. What are your thoughts on that, Eric, in terms of what we're seeing over there? Well, I think the manipulation was the allowance by the central planners to cause all these individual investors to come into the market on a margin basis, and they just got it handed to them. I mean, they were they were up in huge numbers of accounts. They were all 
highly levered accounts, and all of a sudden the environment uh, doesn't uh, look quite as interesting for leverage, and we have this massive sell-off, including today's sell-off, which I think was around 7% just in the day. And this is with the PBOC trying to help the market. And I think the government came out with an edict that nobody can say anything negative about the market. I mean, it's so ridiculous. You let that many people come in on a levered basis, and all of a sudden things start going down. I mean, there's panic selling going on. So, And that's maybe just symptomatic of what happens. The markets that are, that are boosted out of control, all of a sudden, they start declining significantly. And I will, will be the guy least surprised to see other markets, whether it's the European market, whether it's the U.S. market, because there's no recovery. Anybody with a sane, logical mind knows there's no recovery, which means earnings can't go up unless it's, you know, because some guy's buying his stock back or they've got extraordinary items or some phony way of suggesting that uh, earnings are going up. There's no way that the earnings can be improving with uh, essentially negative growth in the world's economies. And obviously, China is going to suffer here now because of all the uh, trillions of dollars lost by people. Trillions of dollars. I think the number might be pushing $2 trillion have been lost here recently. And of course, I guess on the way up, China, I think, did exactly the same thing that the Western governments tried to do. Their economy was sinking. Well, what can we get to go up? We get the stock market to go up. Everyone's supposed to be feel wealthy. And of course, they just pull the rug out from another. Now they all feel poor and they probably can't repay their loans and it's going to have an effect on the financial system. So it's not good. So again, moving on to another country with their economic and financial woes. We're finally getting down to the crunch with Greece now. So Greek voters have to decide on Sunday whether to accept the terms of the ECB, the IMF, and the European Commission. Then we have Greek Prime Minister Mr. Tsipras saying that a vote against the proposal would give him a stronger mandate to agree to a third bailout with Greece's creditors. However, the European leaders have said that the referendum is ultimately a vote on whether Greece will remain in the Eurozone. So now we're getting down to the line, Eric. What are your thoughts in terms of what we're seeing with Greece? Well, I've always thought the ECB would try to bail them out because there's such an investment in the Greek banking system because of the emergency lending authority, which I think is around $89 billion now. And I think the assets of the uh, Greek banking system is something in the $130 billion range. So they got a lot at stake in terms of uh, their investment in the banking business. But I think the truest words that ever were spoken when the finance minister said, we are broke. And he said that about three months ago, and it's dawning on everybody, no matter what you do, there's no way that a country like Greece can pay off $350 billion of debt. And putting more debt on it just makes it even worse. And can you imagine, Jeff, if they had to pay today's interest rates on that debt? I mean, Greek bonds, I think 10-year bonds are selling for 15%. I mean, it would just destroy the budget. And, and, and when they talk about having a budget surplus, they're always excluding interest costs in this, okay? So there's just no way to save Greece. I don't care. It doesn't matter what the vote does. They're in a, a huge mess. I think the, the ECB knows it. The IMF knows it. And, you know, we're going to have to face the music here. Uh, relatively soon, and the music will not be good. And the question that we all have to ask ourselves is: There's some sort of carry-on effect with other credits out there, whether it be you know countries in the Balkans where there's a great uh, presence of Greek banks, or you know do we go to um, do we go to Spain and Italy next? Who all these countries are broke? That's the bottom line. The U.S. is broke, Italy's broke, Spain's broke. They're all broke. They cannot pay their debt back. So. 
ultimately it's going to play out in the stock market, it's going to play out in the bond market, and of course, ultimately, it should play out in the precious metals market. So, Eric, let's stick with precious metals. Uh, we've seen gold kind of gain a little bit of ground this morning in early trading hours due to the downbeat U.S. economic data that was released. Likewise, we have the U.S. holiday today, so we're expecting trading to be kind of weak anyways in the market. But what are your thoughts in terms of what we've been seeing and likewise what we could be seeing in the future for precious metals, Eric? Well, you know, I'm, I've been a great believer that the central planners try to control everything. Everything. They obviously try to control interest rates. I think they could try to control the stock market, as we've sort of seen in uh, in China now, and certainly in Japan, where the Bank of Japan actually buys stocks. The Swiss National Bank buys stocks. I mean, it's it's, it's almost insane uh, what all these groups are doing. And of course, one of the things they try to do is control the gold price. And when you would think, with all the ups and downs going on in Greece, we rarely got a rally in anything. And I just think the the word is out, keep gold down. Anytime there's a logical reason for gold to go up, it rarely goes up because they don't want a linkage between an event and gold. So, for example, Greece defaulting should be linked. Well, it's not linked. I mean, it was so ironic that the day that they sort of announced that Greece wasn't going to make the payment, the euro, which had been down 1%, goes up 2%. You know, how can this happen in that kind of environment? And I think that the shenanigans of the central planners keep everyone off guard because what happens is totally illogical. And we're all groping for reasons. Well, why did this happen? I guess we had it all wrong, right? And I think they do the same with gold, that they want to convince everybody they have it wrong. Uh, I'm more and more convinced that you just keep stacking here. Uh, we've seen a good buying of uh, coins in Europe. We've seen good buying of coins in the U.S., both silver and gold. Uh, the logic of owning it becomes more apparent all the time as these the values of the currencies have to be questioned, the value of the central bank policies have to be questioned, the strength of the economies has to be questioned. All three of those things lead to gold. So, you know, a, a lot of people like myself, we all know that sooner or later this happens. Of course, the thing is timing because we have these forces working against us, who are all trying to convince us everything's wonderful, when of course it isn't wonderful at all. And of course, one of those things is to keep gold suppressed. But our day will come. I can't say when it is, but I'm very happy to see the uh, the gold purchases uh, by the individual investors and particularly buying that's going on in China these days. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal and uh, we're going to have our day here. So keep the faith and whatever you do, don't panic out of your precious metals investment because they're the only thing that makes sense these days. Well, Eric, as usual, we always appreciate your insight here on the weekly wrap-up and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Let's look forward to a better week. Thanks, Jeff. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprott Money News. Have a great weekend. 